Welcome to Revere Assets, Your Money, with Danny Stewart. You never know how far the stock is going to go down. Tim Razor. Danny knows I'm a geek for all of this stuff. And Don Vandenborg. Telling it like it is. If you're seeking the best stock knowledge this side of Wall Street, you've come to the right place. I'm sorry, did I steal your stuff? No, you didn't steal any thunder. Who's handling this segment? (laughs) For the next hour, Danny, Tim, and Don will be talking investing. Investing is 90% psychological, and I love that. Trades. The market will usually overshoot to the downside and to the upside. And dumpster fires. Because it doesn't matter what you think or what I think, and it matters even less what Danny thinks. And now, here's your hosts... Danny, Tim, and Don. So much news this week. I, I've got news that Danny doesn't expect. Danny is on location. He's in San Antonio, uh, staying at an Air uh, Bravo and Bravo, an Airbnb. And I got some Airbnb thoughts here. I said, Danny, stop talking about Airbnb. Airbnb is going to this really cool work model. Okay, so if you work for Airbnb, just read this last night. Uh, you can work from anywhere. They're going to do flexible. That's that's kind of not new. But what is interesting is that they're they're encouraging you to go stay at Airbnbs and work. Yeah. You can live out of country for 90 days. Like, I think in any of 270 countries to which Airbnb serves, uh, all they're asking you to do is uh, do in-person for like a week. One week a quarter, I believe, is what I read. That's a really, that, you know, and you can do that when you don't manufacture like an automobile, yeah. right? But like when you're doing SaaS work or software as a service type work, uh, they're going to that model. And what they recognize um I think it's Brian Chesky is the CEO of uh, Airbnb. They recognize that uh, the most creativity comes from, I think he said it best, uh, Zoom is great for maintaining relationships, but in person is great for developing and cultivating creativity and relationships. That's very corporate, but that makes sense. That's yeah, true. I yeah. actually agree I with agree it. with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But yeah. uh, what a rate, like, so we have this worker shortage in, in America, right? Now, if Jay Powell has his way, he might kill enough demand that we have a worker overage interesting wouldn't it i'd be really sad (laughs) it's not interesting it's sad Sad. let's call it what it is that's fair it's very sad but uh give me a four box i'll just lower the participation rate again yeah well right give me can you give me a four box i'm sorry if i shout i i felt rude when i said give me a four box i said why that sounded rude in my head please give me a four yes got it thank you um and and so boy there's that's the competition right now right because there's a bunch of corporate jobs that could Maybe not the whole uh, live in another country thing, but hey, work from wherever you want where it's cheaper or you have a family member that is, Danny, Danny's mother is not ailing. Danny's mother is going strong. 90 years, Daniel. 90 years. 90 years young. Celebrating her 90th birthday tomorrow. Yeah, man. And that's- It's uh, not tomorrow. She already had it a few days ago. We're just doing the party this week. Danny, these are called technicalities that drag the show down. I love you, but uh, love your mom, but she's 90. And, and so, yeah, and not ailing, like that's a really big deal. And, but if you had a, a, a parent that you love that you want to go home and take care of, but you can't because you're afraid you're going to lose your job, like that, that is a huge, uh, work benefit. And I saw that last night. I thought, well, that is really, really cool. But Daniel, that's not the news. Uh, oh, by the way, four box me again. I, I, who is that Hunter guy? Who is that down there? That that is not Hunter. That is Alex. Alex, welcome back to the program. Alex Katutis. Alex Katutis. hundred pounds overweight. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> not even close to a fat joke. It, just, it's, uh, it's Hunter without the bangs. Yeah. It's yeah. Hun- it's Hunter without the, the forehead. It's it's Hunter without the band and the boy. It's Alex. Uh, welcome back to the program. Uh, good to see you. How you guys doing? Yeah, oh, doing well. I'm glad you're here. It's yeah. uh, a little, a little refreshing. Maybe we'll get the whole whole boy band back together. Get a five box going sometime oh, here soon. Yeah. Danny, I've got oh, news gosh. that you don't know, Daniel. And if Danny tells me he knows this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell him he's full of it. Okay. I'm gonna tell the audience Danny is full of it. All right. Danny, who is your uh, favorite tennis player? Rod Laver. Not who I thought he was going to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I did not. <laughs> the guy no one has ever heard of except tennis guys. Um, Danny Boris Becker's going to prison. Get Danny's reaction. Really? Boris Becker is going to prison. Who's, who's Boris Becker? Boris Becker. Boris Becker is one of the most famous tennis players from the 1980s. Still very famous. Okay. Um, not not to you. Uh, but Dom, three Wimbledon tour, uh, championships, yeah. I believe. Danny, uh, what, yeah, well, hold on. What Danny, got, who's Boris him? Becker? Yeah. Uh, he was the youngest player to ever win Wimbledon. Big hey. German, six foot four, redhead. Married at uh, one point, he was married to Steffi Graf. Yeah. And um, there, if there's a really good autobiography. Uh, he was never married to Steffi Graf. No? No. No. Never may- dated Steffi Graf. Maybe I'm thinking of Andre Agassi, who. Uh, Andre Agassi is married to Steffi, Steffi Graf. That's who I'm thinking of. Andre Agassi has a really was. good auto. Was. Okay, was. Wow. Wow. Don, Don giving us our divorce news. Um, was. Was. Yes. Was. yes. Was. There was a time. Yeah, there was a time. Um, Andre Agassi's autobiography talks uh, about his uh, matches with Boris Becker, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Andre Agassi just beat the snot out of Boris Becker. And finally, it wasn't until his autobiography that uh, uh, it was revealed why um, Boris couldn't return or why Agassi could always return Boris Becker's service because Boris Becker had to tell where he'd stick his tongue out to one side. Knew where of his he was hitting. Yeah, knew yeah where he was going. based on the positioning of his tongue, which is nuts. <laughs> yeah, that Boris Becker. Uh, I mean, and Agassi studied that much film of <laughs> Boris Becker to figure that out. That's that to me is pretty awesome. Um, but Boris Becker is going to prison, Danny, for two and a half years. I'm not joking. Uh, for what? I'll tell you in a second. So here's the the story. Uh, <laughs> Breaking news I, uh, on Sky News. Boris Becker jailed for two and a half years for flouting terms of his bankruptcy. Now, it doesn't tell me if this is house arrest or like some kind of probation. I don't know how it works over in England, but he was a German resident. He's been living in England since 2012. And because he didn't disclose all of the uh, things he owned and had shares in uh, for his bankruptcy in England, he declared bankruptcy, they, they're... Gonna they're gonna put him in prison for two and a half years. I they're gonna put him in debtor's prison. Like we don't have do we we don't still have debtor's prison in America, do we? Well, no, maybe not the formal. You know, no. call it debtor's. Oh, wait, prison. is that AK? Was that AK that just walked no, behind? AK. AK you are the best driver in the stored household. Hi, AK. Oh my god. Oh wow, this is a great first one. appearance on first your appearance. Money. Hi, AK. It's good it. to see you. Yeah. Uh, hi. hi. Oh, <laughs> wow. As you know, AK, uh, we are a podcast that supports your driving of the vehicles in the stored household because you are the best driver in the stored household. Uh, and Danny now is frozen and he can't actually say that you're not, which, by the way, every week we do this show 52 weeks a year, sometimes 53, depending on a leap year. And let me tell you something. Every week, Danny declares that he is the best driver in your household. And listen, Don, Alex, Hunter and I, we all know the truth. Uh, Zach, who you can't see. That you are the best driver in the stored household. And it's good to see you. I don't know. My I mom, agree. my mom's pretty good. She still drives at 90. And you will remember that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Grammy still drives at 90. Good to see you guys. Good to see you too. Thanks for popping in. Yes. Bye. We're nothing if we're not family here at the Revere House. Danny's got to do remote shows more often. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Right? That's how we get that joke in there. Yeah. Anyway, so Boris I, ha- I have to retract I have to retract something. Steffi and Andre are still married. Oh. I apologize if I Yeah, they are. The yeah, fans, I didn't, if I upset Oh, them. I didn't hear you say yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, that is They're awesome. happily married. They live in Vegas. Yeah, ha- very awesome news. I, I love that Don was fact-checking himself. You know, like he's his own ministry of truth. It's important to be thorough. By the way, new government, <laughs> new government office. By the way, Don Vandenberg, the secretary. Are you a secretary if you're a minister, or you're the minister of the ministry of truth? Oh gosh, I couldn't tell you. I don't know, but Don is the secretariat uh, minister of the ministry of truth, the new newly formed government entity to uh, dissuade disinformation from spreading around the internet. So good fact checking on you there, Don. Thank you. He's enthused. <laughs> I think we need a ministry of truth for the stock market. Well, we'll get there here in a second. So, um, look, th- there's some interesting. Let me show you something here. Uh, let me do Amazon first. Amazon's having itself a day, right? Everyone, I'm not breaking. No, there's no breaking news here, right? Amazon is down uh, 12, 12 and a quarter percent. But what is super interesting to me here is Amazon is back to when? Amazon, I talked about this literally last Wednesday in my video because Netflix had. Uh, done the same thing, had a 5X move, and went back to pandemic levels. 
this is 2020. Like you, you've, you've gone all the way back here to 2020 levels in Amazon, given back two years, well, a year and a year and a half, I guess, a year and a half of gains. Just unbelievable. Netflix has done the, done the same thing. Apple's still holding in there. But I want to show you a stat, Zach. This is interesting to me. Look here at John Erlkman. I talked about him on the podcast last week. He's a great Twitter follower. If I can get it to come up on the screen. Look how much money Amazon generates per minute in the last quarter. Look at all these companies, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Tesla, Netflix. And then you look at the stock price, like what's happening. Like if you're um, not doing what we do for a living, right, in the uh, stock market, watching the charts, uh, looking at the fundamentals, examining things, right? And I told you there's a company. I just pulled you, pulled you off the street, right? There's a company that makes almost $900,000 a minute in a 24-hour day. It's a pretty good company. You would well, not Well, that's revenue, that's revenue, that's not profit. I tell, I, I hear you, dude. But if I but still, $900,000 a minute. What Danny, tell me what number would impress well, you. Yeah, for but, a but but you got thousands and thousands of fleets of trucks with gas. I know, so what yes. I want to know is what's the profit margin on that on that dollar amount? Well, that's the problem. Their profits are down for the first time, I believe, in seven years. And so, um, and oh, the price of gas has got to be killing them. Their delivery costs. Well, there's there's everything. There's um, there's the uh, the the maintenance of the vehicles, the energy that it takes to uh, heat and cool all those warehouses. Uh, and then they're they're having uh, in the uh, Times this morning a little bit of a union unionization issue uh, going mm-hmm. on, some, which will cost. Uh, Amazon much more money as well uh, that we can talk about later on a show. And so like, all these earnings are interesting. And, and the Amazon move hasn't been factored in. See, that, that's the whole thing. And so you get these market gyrating moves when the move hasn't been accounted for. The move in Amazon going into the print last night was 185. Amazon down, is down right now 356. That's, that's well over twice the expected move. So the market gets thrown off kilter. The reason why, you know, Apple, now Apple, AAPL, is only down what uh, right now as we talk, looking at the uh, chart. Apple's down a dollar. And the expected move in Apple was 8.6. This is, this, this is a nothing move in the world's mega cap, biggest weighted mega cap stock in the NASDAQ. But you go back to Amazon here. You know, Zach, uh, I was just hitting the, the delete button on my Key. I, I, I propose a change in all keyboards all right. because the power button is right above the oh. delete button. <laughs> oh, dangerous. And, I, and I, every time that I touch the keyboard during the show, I'm fearful that I'm about to shut off the computer, right. which throws the whole show for a loop. Someday you will. I, I, it'll be a good bit when you do. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll pray that we stall. So yeah. I, I did want to get Danny's uh, thoughts here. Um, and I know Danny, Danny has uh, – a commitment he has to get to here momentarily, but I'm going to zip along the timeline of my notes. And right now, the shop is in 100% cash. I want to have D- Danny and Don discuss this a little bit. Danny sent out a letter. Uh, was it? Gosh, was this has been the longest week? What a weird week. It's been a weird week. Tusk, 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 Musk bought Twitter this week, right? Like it's this week. Like that, it, did that actually happen? That happened on Monday or Tuesday, okay, but it's, so it's, it's, it's been the quickest and longest week. Yeah. I'm not being facetious. That that was this week, right? That wasn't last week. I think it was this week. This week. I was out of town this week. Alex, is that it was this week, right? Yeah, it was this week. God, it feels such like a long week. <laughs> like making sure that that's still happening. Um, yeah, it was mon- Monday. Okay, yeah. so it's just a long week, man. Well, you, but you look, you've been looking at the charts. All right, nobody's got time for that Twitter but, stuff. But, but we, we, we yeah. sent out a letter Monday. Yes. To uh, clients and friends of the Tuesday. show. To, oh, Tuesday. Thank you. Long week. And so uh, I would like Danny to, to potentially just discuss that a little bit. Uh, if you want to offer it up, Daniel, to people who aren't friends of the firm uh, yet, they're new to be friends of the firm, want to receive the letter. But this is one of the few times that we've been in 100% cash. And we've been in 100% cash, Don, for how many trading days now? And I'll let you uh, pick up the story as to why you're in cash, and I'll have Danny then add on to it. Go ahead, Don. Since uh, Friday morning a week ago, so this is – the seven day anniversary or five trading day anniversary. And it was based on uh, breaking below a very key support level uh, 
uh, in the indexes, particularly the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. And uh, let's, let's take a look at that and examine that real quick. Uh, so it was last Friday. So I'll get this on a uh, day. I'm going to zoom in here for you, Don. So let's see here. Here is one, two, three, four. This is last Friday, 422. So yeah, there was a big band of support right above there between like 4360 and 4400. And, and when that gave way and gave way in a big way, you can see by the big red candle that you've got your arrow pointing at, uh, the rest of our stops got hit and it took us to cash. And so what the fact that this is, that this is occurring under the 200 day moving average, um, makes it even more dangerous because that is uh, that's the warning sign if you're under the 200 day to be extremely careful all of the worst bear markets and I've done a, a, a video on uh, the 12 of them that have happened since 1970 they all start with a weekly close below the 200 day moving average so that's the point at which, at which risk picks up substantially. And that happened this week where the NASDAQ and uh, the uh, IWM the small cap Russells they're actually in bear market territory. They're down to, uh, on average, about 20, 21%, 23% for the year. And now you have the S&P <laughs> trying to potentially uh, follow suit, although finding a little bit of support in this uh, bearish formation over here on the left-hand side of your screen. And so, Danny, I, what are your thoughts? I, I, you, we sent out a letter to uh, an ama a large amount of people. Uh, I'd like to hear some of the comments back. I don't know all the comments back. I've heard a couple. Uh, and I want to hear your thoughts on, on uh, going to cash because it's not what firms do. Like if you turn on CNBC, you're going to hear talking heads telling you that this is when you buy, like there's blood on the street. You're going to hear people just exasperated that I'm, I'm, I'm buying more of XYZ stock. And, and so I'd like to hear your thoughts on why that's the wrong approach and what our how our approach is different than that, but why we can get just back in and all that other good stuff. Well, yeah, so first of all, when they say, oh, I'm buying the dip, I'm buying more, they're buying more with just a little bit of cash, like the dollar cost average in. Their whole big corpus, their whole big principal amount wrote it down. So just for round numbers, make it very simple. If you've got a million dollars and you're adding $1,000 a month, okay, and then you're saying, oh, I'm going to buy that dip or $2,000 a month. I'm going to buy that. Well, if your portfolio went down 20%, you just lost $200,000. So protecting the corpus is more important for the, than the dollar cost averaging. So I get that you may want a dollar cost average every month and add to an S&P fund or some type of thing. But the corpus is much more important. Now, we moved to cash the day before all the indices were down 3% across the board. So we were flattened the indices were down 3%. Well, then you get a little bit of a bounce a couple of days in a row. And the emails you're talking about, I had a couple of clients go, they, you know, cause you know, look, we send out this information in these emails, but look, people are busy. They're doing their own lives. They're not, you know, paying attention every day, every minute, like we are. Right. And so a few people didn't see that newsletter and said, Hey, I logged in my account today. And, and they send me a screenshot and it's completely flat. It says, you know, percentage change. And every day that you're not in 100% cash, it's going to be slightly up or slightly down. Or if it's a big day, it may be up 1% or down 0.5 or you know whatever. But it's very, very, very rarely completely flat because you're in cash. And so I had a couple of clients email me and say, well, my account's not moving at all. Why are we like that? And I said, well, and these were on the up days where the market was up, you know, 0.8 or 1, right. or even, even 2 now. They might have started it too, but toward the end of the day, they sold off and they were up less than 1%. And so the last couple of days when we had these bounces, the market was up, you actually had a sell-off toward the end of the day. It pulled back toward the end of the day, which isn't, isn't strong. And Don can talk a little bit more about the absolute technicals. But look, when you hit in your weak short-term and your weak mid-term and your weak long-term and all of your technical indicators are negative at, across all different timeframes and you're below the 200 day moving average. That is a big, huge warning sign. So the lat now we moved to cash a couple of times this year, hundred percent, a couple months ago, market started rallying. We started getting back in, it rolled back over. We ended up getting back out. 
because like we've always said, it's okay to be wrong. It's not okay to stay wrong. And when the market gets real volatile and choppy, it'll try to reclaim and, and start an uptrend. But a lot of times it won't be able to do that. That's what we're happening now. So we've had a couple of times in the past month and a half, two months this year, where we've gone to 100% cash, started getting back in, rolled back over, moved to cash again. But before that, the last time we went to 100% cash was March, early March, COVID of 2020. And so we were down, you know, 8.4% when the markets were down 25 or 30%. And right. then we ended up the year gangbusters. If you protect principal, that's where you're going to get a huge opportunity on the other side to make outside gains. But more importantly, it doesn't freak you out and you don't light your hair on fire because all of a sudden you lose 30% in, in three weeks. Look, there'll be times when the market pulls back and it, once it hits that 6 8% level and all our stops are hit, getting cash, that the market may firm up and start rallying back up and we may get whipsawed once or twice. But one of those times out of three or four, it's going to continue to go down and selling will accelerate. And here's what people must understand. The market, when it really, when selling really starts to pick up, the market goes down three times faster than it goes up. And so you literally can lose 20, 25, 30% or more in three weeks. And people get paralyzed by fear and they go, oh, what do I do? I'll just wait one more day. And they, they just sit on their hands and then they don't know what to do. They get paralyzed by fear. And finally, at 25 or 30%, they will, painful. they will sell out at that point when they probably should hold because they can't handle it anymore. And then they don't know what to do. So not only does this strategy on a risk adjusted return basis do better, it, it doesn't scare the bejeebers out of you. So it's easier to stay the course. So that's the first reason. The second reason is if you're at near or in retirement, you don't know how long it's going to be before the market comes back. So a sell discipline is that much more important than someone 25 or 30. I still think a sell discipline for someone 25 or 30 is very important, but time could bail them out. Right. Whereas if you're 60 or 65, you don't have that luxury. And if I could just, uh, I don't want to clarify, I just, I, I just want to make sure people understand uh, back home what Danny just really said. When you start from a higher base, you can, over the course of your investing lifetime, make a tremendous amount of more money. So if you're 100% invested and you're just riding it up and riding it down, you're at the whim of the market. But if you have a, a uh, when, when Don quarterized the portfolio last Friday and said, you know what, this, the risk reward isn't here for our clients, let's protect them right now. When the, when the risk reward does return, if the market is substantially lower or even a couple percent lower, it doesn't matter. If you do a couple percent lower, but we are always a couple percent higher than a typical 60-40 portfolio or a buy and hold crowd, you're going to make tremendous, uh, the compounding effect of making those small incremental decisions is tremendous. You're going to start from a higher base. And then uh, one other thought, Danny, that I had, and, and maybe Don can chime in if he wants to, um, on this thought. The market, was it, Don, was it Tuesday or Wednesday that the market was up like, the, the NASDAQ was up almost 4% for the day? Is that Tuesday? It was, um, <laughs> there actually have been, it was, it was Thursday. Gee, okay, there's Thursday. It was Thursday, there, but there was a big bounce off of the lows on Monday. Okay. But it wasn't, it wasn't up that much. These big reversals, they, they, they don't, these big, tremendous, huge, like uh, you gain back 500 points in the Dow, that type of thing. They don't typically, they don't happen when you're not in a corrective or bear market phase. And when, when some folks hear, uh, I'm, in, I'm in cash, or like you're, we're in cash, they're like, well, how are you going to get back in? Well, you just buy back in. You have, to have, you have to have a process for entry and a process for exit. And when you get excited by like a big up day in a bear market, it, there can be follow through. Those big up days can lead to tremendous follow through, but you get those type of rallies in bear markets and then they just roll back, back over typically. 
And that, by the way, Tim, that's what's happening right now. Yeah. They yeah. actually, these, these big, these big right. days are being sold off at the end of the day. And like today, the market's down three, four but, points. But, but they're more of a function, I think, psychologically of FOMO. Right. Yeah. Instead of capturing, instead of being, um, for lack of a better word, just, just calm and collected, like trying to get the filet mignon of the move, you're trying to, you're trying to buy the gristle at the beginning uh, of this thing. And, it's difficult. Like it, you'd much rather have a smoother entry and a smoother exit than than trying to buy in early. It's nerve wracking when you try to buy in a little bit too early. Um, doesn't mean you can't get your feet wet, but if you want to know the process, let me just show you where you can you can see the portfolios we run that we run here. Let me get to uh, the Revere Asset website, and you just go to Revere Asset about uh, about right there, and you scroll down, and you can see the two portfolios. Uh, that we that we the four portfolios that we run here, and then you can just email Don, or Hunter, or or America's fiduciary right here, Danny, and um, ask him what are those rules for entry, what are those rules for exit. Don has a multitude of videos that he could send you, the classes that he's done on bear markets, on signaling for reentry. There's a whole plethora of things at your disposal, and that's why we never pull down. Uh, on the Tomorrow's Insights page. We never pull down any of our videos. These videos, just click on Tomorrow's Insights. Um, these videos are up there since 20, we've been doing videos since uh, March of 2014. You can see every, what episode number is this podcast wise? 397? 398. 398. Like 398 podcasts, 252 trading days times uh, seven, eight years worth of videos. It's a lot of content. And we never pull it down and we never edit it. If you want to see how we performed in every market since 2014, it's all there for you. And so this, this, when's the last time you went to cash, Don? We, we've been uh, like three, four times this year, we went to cash for like a day or two. But the, because the market had been very choppy, it would break below a level we'd get. We wouldn't get all stopped out uh, on everything, or we'd get a, a very attractive re-entry for a couple of things. But uh, this is the longest we've been in cash since COVID. Yeah, which was uh, you know right before the big drop down February March 2020. And protecting capital and not just um, whittling away uh, your chips. So like like at the poker table or the roulette wheel or whatever you do to whittle away chips in America these days. Uh, wait. Wait for stronger signaling. Um, I think it makes the process a little bit better. Uh, Alex, I'm going to get your thoughts on that in a moment, but I know Danny has to run, and I want to get his thoughts on uh, GDP. So, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So it's actually not funny. So, so GDP came out uh, yesterday or the day before. Day before. Anyway, down 1.4, negative, negative 1.4%. Expectations were for a positive one percent, just a bit outside. So yeah. there, there, the the actual variance was way bigger than their number. Right. I mean, they were they were two point four percent off of the one percent growth they thought they were going to be. Folks, that's a big reversal. And this is, and they'll try to blame it on Russia and Ukraine. Look, there's a lot of problems going on. And and here's the thing, you. You know, with that kind of slowdown, it's you, you'd almost and, and, and don't don't you got to separate Wall Street with Main Street, because sometimes that could actually spark a rally because now people think, well, the Fed doesn't need to tighten as much, but they've kind of already staked the line in the sand. So with this GDP slowdown, if they actually go ahead and raise by half a percent, you can expect uh, more slowdown, but when you completely shut down the economy last year because of COVID, and now you've reopened up, and you get a negative number, that's pretty telling. That's yeah. very, very, very telling. We were talking so on yesterday's the world is being thrown out a lot more. We were talking about on yesterday's call. This was astounding to me, and I, I hadn't realized. I thought the stimulus uh, to folks had really stopped in earnest last September, and Don's like, no, the child tax credits. Uh, uh, we're still ongoing, uh, and that's a form of stimulus through the end of uh, 2021. And these are the headlines that come out. Uh, GDP went negative last quarter. Does that mean recession? Talk about that in a second. Don't freak out. Uh, economy stinks, but it's not time to panic. It's interesting. Uh, GDP fell at uh, 
a one point uh, negative one point four percent. I don't think it's time. I don't think it's ever time to freak out, but I think it's time to be realistic that we stimulated the economy massively to end up in the first quarter of 2022 with a negative 1.4 GDP. That is astounding. And so what gets you, what's the classical definition of recession? All two quarters of uh, falling GDP. Of negative GDP. Of negative GDP. I don't know about freaking out, but you should be concerned. What, What would it take to get that GDP to reverse. They're going to revise the number here in a couple. Maybe they revise it higher. And, they, you know, the, there's always this variance with government numbers. Negative 1.4 after all that has been stimulated in this country. Well, Tim's supply chain issues. Okay. Uh, you, you, is the supply chain going to get magically fixed? You know, and it's, you know, we're talking about bringing manufacturing back to the States. There's a whole reason about the supply chain. Uh, Jay Powell can't raise rates to fix supply chain. The only thing that Jay Powell can do to give the supply chain a chance to cut up, catch up is cause demand destruction. Cause people not want to use the things that are in the supply chain. And then the supply chain, of course, uh, will be producing way too many chips, way too much uh, furniture from foreign lands, way too much of everything. And then you'll have a glut and then prices will fall because they need to get rid of said glut. And uh, hence, the supply chain is fixed, and inflation stops going higher, and that is all terrible. So, um, the last By time, the way, one, 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 one thing I'd like to add on that: so that negative one point four, that's with kind of the inflation that I believe is understated. In other words, they don't actually adjust that CPI number for inflation like they should, and so I think it's actually a little bit worse than what they're. Well, it, 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 and, and we'll see what, how they revise these numbers throughout the uh, second quarter here, and um, which they'll do about two or three times, and the, the, they'll be towards the end of the month in May, and I believe towards the end of the month in June that they'll give you revised GDP numbers. But anyway, I, I think this is uh, I, w- well, Tim. What does get being what is what is being concerned mean? Well, Tim, I'm concerned. Well, what should I be doing? Well, I, I think like like what Don did. Uh, Don, Don went to cash last Friday, hundred, he took the shop to hundred percent cash, like being concerned, uh, and, 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 and tying that to an action, I think is what you want to understand. So if you're, uh, I don't know what the percentage is for anybody at home, but, um, give me Alex. Give well, hang me- on, hang on. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I do have to go. I've got to go. Depart. But Tim, Tim, you hit the you hit the the mm-hmm. gold nugget of this show. Being concerned by itself is meaningless. If you're not going to take action, if you get something and you you get something in front of you, and you've got these indicators that are telling you what to mm-hmm. do, and you don't take any action, that's meaningless. So right. being exer- concerned in and of itself means diddly squat. Right. Is diddly squat going to be really the last word you say on the show this week? I, that's I was going to put that in the show notes for you. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Daniel, have, have a great weekend. Alex. All right. Take care, guys. See you, see you Daniel. Alex, give me, give me some stocks. Give me some fallen, um, some, uh, it could be a SPAC. It could be anything. Give, give me some of the worst of the worst. <clears throat> Teladoc. Oh, great, man. The future of medicine. I, oh, sorry. I, I mistyped Teladoc. T-Doc. The future of medicine right here. What is it down from its high? It's, uh, what was its high? It's down 90%. No, oh, 90%. Is 90%, so this is, this is a great question. I'm going to pose it to you, Alex. Uh, your answer is your answer. Um, at 90% loss, do you throw in the towel? Somebody bought it at 308 and oh, hasn't man. sold it. I mean, yeah, I I would sell it. I mean, it could go to it could go to single digits. Do you want to lose ninety five percent? I mean, they're supported zero. I, I don't work like that though. I don't. I can't answer that question because I've never put myself in that position. Well, right. Okay, but there's someone out there that has. Uh, but if they're watching this, I would say thing. I would just take your loss so you can use it against your taxes. Okay, That's the only thing I can think of. Don, what were you saying, Don? I'm sorry. That when you so suppose the stock's high was a hundred and now it's ten, you lost ninety percent. But to go from 
down 90% to down 95%, the stock has to actually drop another 50%. Yeah. Because you're already down that much. People think, oh, no, it's only going to drop another 5%. No, it's going to be cut in half from where it is now to go from minus 90% to minus 95%. And that's why your losses need to be nipped in the bud. The, the, the best loss is the smallest loss. It's the, the best sell is your, is your sell when you're only down a little bit. I, I have made the mistake um, countless times that I've, I, I've, I, I don't know if I've coined this phrase, but I always say my first loss is my best loss. My first opportunity to yeah. take my loss is the my best opportunity because sell when you can, not when you have to. Yeah, that wishing and and everyone's done that. I have a ton of empathy for it. The wishing and hoping part of the market is awful, and there's a bunch of like look at this right here. This is the future of trading, right? It, it now somehow miraculously this is up today. This this traded at eight. Look at the left hand side of your screen. This is Robin Hood for folks, Robin, folks oh, on audio. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is Robin Hood. 85 to 10. And, and with, so their, their, uh, their margins are down significantly. And so they make money. Uh, it's free trades, right? They make money on order flow and they make money charging you a uh, percentage for margin. Uh, a correcting bear market doesn't help any of this. Where do you, where do you take your stop? And so I think, Don, if you could, I think it'd be helpful. And Alex, if you differ, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Where, where are your stops? Uh, are, they, are they percentage? Are they chart? Does a percentage top the chart? Uh, can you do, let's discuss stops for a little bit because I yeah. think, I'm sorry, I think what's, what's going to happen here, uh, the, it depend, who knows how the market closes, but th this is absolutely time for reflection. And before you just give me that answer, Don, Alex, give me another, give me like two or three more Real popular stocks that have done Roblox. what? Oh, it's RBLX. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at that. That's Unity that's software. You. Oh, there you go. All the uh, anything tech or growthy is getting get smashed because of the uh, the PE expansion being compressed from the Federal Reserve. We all know that. Um, so you could throw a dart on any Arc name. And it's going to be down like that. The only one that's not really that she owns an arc. I'm talking about Kathy Woods yeah. is Tesla. That is, but even that is the chart is so messy. <clears throat> it's tough. Everything's very short term right now. And like, um, like the guys have been alluding to, we're under the 200 day on the indexes. So if you're going to try something, just be on the desk. Don't leave to go cut the grass or leave the house because your trade could go against you very fast. It's a fast moving market. Snowflake was uh what's uh snow doing? Snow comes to mind. 429 to 182. And then like take a look, take a stock like CMG. I love Chipotle. Uh, but this is we'll just I'm gonna round up almost a two thousand dollar stock that's trading at fifteen hundred. Where did you get in? I it, I guess it all depends on where you get in. Don, I want to hear your thoughts on stops because a lot of people they've got uh cost uh they've got a lower cost basis. When when does it make sense to sell? What are the stops? And if you have even if you have a lower cost basis, because there's that trader out there too, uh, when is it time to um, profit? You know, take the gains and uh, potentially uh, look for a reentry later. Yeah, our our we don't decide to go from like 100% invested to 0% cash in, in like one fell swoop. Our we we're in and out of the market. Our exposure is depending on how our holdings are acting and how the indexes and leading stocks are acting. So that's why when we do the videos, we talk about three different time frames, short term uh, on, the, on all five indexes. Where are they relative to their short term, 21 day exponential moving average, their medium term, 50 day moving average, and their long term, 200 day moving average. And the reason for that is that 75% of stocks are going to track uh, the overall health of the indexes. So if the indexes are failing, uh, you're going to see confirmation that leading stocks are starting to fail too. Uh, some indexes will get hit a lot harder than other indexes. For example, oil is held up uh, very well relative to uh, some of the other like financials, uh, which, which, have been, which have been taken a beating. So uh, we don't go from 100 to zero, we'll, we'll go from 100% uh, invested to, to 90 to 80 to 70, back up to 80, down to 60, 
down to 50. And it's, and it's not our decision. It's the market making the decision for us because our stops are getting. So when we take an individual position, we size it so that if, if our stop gets hit, we don't lose more than 0.2% of the overall value of the portfolio. So when we just start re-entering the market, we can take five positions. And if we get stopped out on all of them, we're only going to lose 1% of the overall portfolio. So we call that uh, financing our risk. So if those initial five positions that we take start going up, we can dip more toes into the water and um, add to our uh, existing positions or add more positions. Uh, depending on how the market's doing. So we're, we're following the instant feedback mechanism that the market is, and we're either getting stopped out or we're, uh, things are going well and we're adding to our positions. I mean, recently we had like a 10% rally uh, in the market and we started adding, 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 and then all of a sudden we topped. So we locked in some profits, did some offensive selling, and then the rest of them as we broke different levels, we got taken out on the market and you know, we gained 4% on, to the upside and little by little that 4% uh, was whittled away. Uh, but we're down 6% year to day while the market's down, the indices are down between uh, 12 and 20%, as Danny mentioned, with uh, the worst of them being small caps and NASDAQ. The Dow, I think, is down about 8%. Um, so it's, it's a factor of the health of the overall market and just waiting for our pitch, waiting for that uh, hanging curve that comes across the plate that we can knock out of the park. And uh, if we make gains on dipping our toes in the water when we start getting our signals, then we'll continue to progressively add more. Uh, but the big number is we don't want to lose more than 0.2% on any position that we take. So that means that if we took a 5% a position, uh, and the position, we, we talked a lot about this on last week's uh, podcast using the uh, ATR, average true range of an individual position to dictate how big a size we can take in it. So if, if uh, it's a kind of a tame ATR, our initial buy can be 5%. Uh, if that goes down 4%, we're going to be stopped out at 0.2%. So we're looking for low risk entries. Uh, and not wanting to lose more than 0.2% on any individual position that we take. Uh, that is super helpful. So let me give folks a little way to find all that. So go to Insights, Mars Insights, uh, go to Podcast. It's the last podcast. Uh, by the time you, you uh, are hearing this or um, watching this, it'll be uh, the second podcast here. Uh, it'll be on this uh, right-hand side. It's ATRs and CEOs, and uh, the ATR, I'm telling you, it's, it's been a godsend for me in how I use it, and, and we go into it in depth there. So, but if you have any questions of what Don just said, don't ever hesitate to reach out to us. Just click about, and you can scroll down, and Don's Twitter handle, his uh, email is down here. And look, if you're on a connected device, all you have to do is um, call, and you'll get America's fiduciary when you call Danny. Uh, all you do is uh, touch that button right there, and it, it directs you right to Danny's cell phone. No fooling. And so you'll get a hold of Danny uh, right away. Um, Alex, I'm curious uh, how, what you've been trading, how you've been trading, um, and I'd like to know uh, your watch list. If you do, if you do, I'd like you to share your watch list, if you don't mind. Uh, take a few yeah. minutes to expand oh, upon what's, what's been going on since uh, Alex hasn't left the firm, but he's left the firm. So he's the... <laughs> Whatever yeah, that means. Yes. yes. Yeah, and yeah. so, yeah, but he's not totally gone. And no, so, no. yeah, he isn't. Yeah, no. Alex is on every day. Yeah. And so there you go. And so um, I would uh, love to know what you've been up to. And then I'd like yeah, to so like, I, give me your watch. A lot of my stuff has been, um, has been short term. I've been chopped up a little bit, to be honest. It's been, it's been hard. As you can see, the market uh, hasn't been cooperating. But there has been some trades on the short side that have worked and stuff. But I, I'll be honest. I have a list of stuff that I want to go over for the NASDAQ, some historical data. I had bad and then I had good. Well, let's go good first. Sure. Um, the past 20 years, the NASDAQ hasn't had five consecutive down weeks in a row. It's only done that twice. It was COVID and then end of 08. So it's the only two times that the market has gone down for five straight weeks. We're on the fourth week. So maybe the market bounces next week. I don't know. But there's a lot of bad. So I'm kind of leading towards the bearish side. If you pull up a 30 minute, um, you can pull up on the, the NQ or the Q, QQs. Sure. 
And you can see that the market since last week, um, you could draw you could draw a downtrend line on the 30 minute. I'll get you a 30 minute. This will help kind of narrow it down for the viewers to see what I'm seeing. Is there a way you could pull up a 30? Do you have Yeah, that? it's just a little slow. I'm sorry. That one we're well, that's okay. okay, so you see okay. So if you draw a line from that top there right down through uh yesterday or this morning's top. Gotcha. Around that area. Mm -hmm. You know, I can do one um, and then you do one You can here. see an under trend line as well, a support trend line mm -hmm. below it. And the market is it's called a wedge. It's called a up upward wedge. So when that support line on the bottom comes up and they meet historically that sets up a downside move and we're like right on the verge of breaking that wedge to the downside the other bad thing is if you were to put tim taught me this a while ago if you put minus qqq into the thinker swim uh box it will flip the chart and i'm so used to looking at longs like bullish setups the chart looks really good when you flip the NASDAQ. That looks like it's going to break out. So what does that actually mean? The market is setting up for a downside. It's digesting. It's kind of like flagging and, and handling out, letting the averages catch up. It just doesn't look good. The last thing I have on my notes is if you go to the VIX, the VIX hasn't even gone up yet. Like fear, and these are secondary indicators. But I've been watching these three major levels on the VIX. 19 to 22 is a bull zone. When we get to 24 and up, that's a bear zone. But it's we need to get above like 38 to even 50 for us to capitulate. When I say capitulate, a, a complete sell-off where the market, like Dan was saying, you know, a, a really bad day in the market. And who knows, a limit down event could even happen. We saw that, I think COVID crash, there was three, if I'm not mistaken, there was three different limit down days. I know that Sunday overnight when crude futures went down to below zero, we woke up that Monday, those were a limit down day where they the market doesn't open for 15 to 30 minutes. They freeze um, the trading floors. So I don't know if we're gonna get that, but we could see, I mean, the Dow was close to down to a thousand points the other day. The VIX is not even like, it's not even spiking. Fear's not there. And the put call ratio has been hanging around $1. You know, we could see that hit to 160 even, 155, 160. We haven't hit that yet. So that's why I'm just leaning on that. I hate to lean all bearish. I'm too, I'm very optimistic guy. I just don't like to, but the charts aren't lying and, the data is there. The only data that's kind of holding me back to a bounce next week is that one that 20 year study. I look through weeks and weeks of indexes. We don't typically have five weeks straight down. Okay. And w w when the market does finally turn, uh, it might be a different group of stocks. What's on your watch list right now that if the market yeah. got some kind of piece of news or just started acting well, what, what, okay, what are so the stocks? I have a couple at? names. Some are kind of a liquid. And some are not. I I really like this uh, this chlorine stock. They gapped up today on really good earnings. O L N. This has been on the list for a while. It's near its uh, it's near its highs. It's got a nice cup and handle base. But the problem is, like, look what happened today on this earnings gap. It hit the breakout level, and then it's getting sold into. So like, I'm thinking institutions are taking profits. But this is one of the names that it's near the highs. It actually has a base. If the S&P 500 turns up, this will be a top five name for me. Uh, that's non-tech. Another name I like that's more growthy, it's very thin, so be careful. When I say thin, it's liquidity is not really there, doesn't have the volume. EWCZ, European Wax Centers. I, I don't know why this stock is held up relatively very strong compared to the market. It, it, it's... It's an IPO too. It's a newer name. I know they're popping up all over. I've never been to a European wax center. Maybe I should go get my eyebrows waxed. That will help. Um, <laughs> maybe it helps their profits a little bit. I give them some business. But I see them popping around in the, the valley here in Arizona. And I know they're they're pretty busy. And I, I, I like the theme of it. They make money. It's like I said, it's a new it's a new name. It's probably um, not. You know what it struck me is I, I, I'm familiar with uh, 
uh, European Mike Center's from the stock. Uh, I wonder, it, it strikes me as the Chipotle of beauty. Yeah. It's, it's not, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not um, fast food. I'm trying to, like, Chipotle is a little pricier than uh, McDonald's. And uh, I believe European European Wax Centers is a little bit more pricey than an independent uh, shop doing the services that they provide, which is yeah. I, say, I, I, I don't have that's. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's about it. I took oils off the list, and I have a major reason why. So last week, oils were like the the safe haven. You can go in there. You could own that while the market was down. They were working. They got completely blasted last week through 50-day moving averages, and I'm seeing wedging formations on oil names while light crude is up. So the, they're trading crude higher, and these oil stocks are being sold down. That is, a, that is the epitome of a bear market where you can't find anywhere to make money. Just stay out. Like, I, what am I going to – like, even if I make a good trade and I make a 10% trade, right? My equity is not going to go up 10%. I'm not all in on that name. Is it really worth the risk while you're in a bear market? Just sit out for a while and watch. Unless you're a professional trader and you're at the desk and you can take a day trade and you have that ability. If you're like a, you have a day job and stuff, I, I mean, Don would probably be the first to tell you that just sit, sit out for a while. And that's why Revere is 100% cash. And this Don's a professional. He's been doing this for a long time. So I, that's that's why I only have, I really only have two names. It's bad. I usually have like fifty. I think Arc still has inflows coming into it. I think, which, uh, you know, there's always hope, right? Like Tim, what Nick, I'm curious to what you what are you looking at right now? Uh, it's shorts. Like I, you know, you short the rallies in this environment. Yeah. That's that's what so the indexes. Doing. What do you usually short the Qs or the spies? I do both, okay. and then I I sell you do options or straight up. No, I do options. I sell, and uh, now uh, with the advent um, of SPX doesn't just expire; they have expiring options on Monday. It used to just be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Now it's uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, next week Thursday, and Friday. It's all five days of the week. So it's it's actually in this environment easier to see the market unfold. <laughs> And then sell um, sell credit uh, call for call or put uh, put credit spread would be bullish call credit spread would be bear. so like vertical like you're yep. are you selling a call and, and buying a call at a lower strike or yeah I always do it uh, covered so I'm always gonna I'm never gonna do anything naked so I'll sell like okay. like for example here um, what's the level of SPX right now I'm, this is not what I'm doing but SPX yeah, no, I'm you, curious you could sell um, like depending upon what the how the ticks act. Now the market acts uh, and the expected move that's left in the market, um, like a 40, there's probably really good premium. Uh, you could sell the 4,200, uh, uh, 4,200 iron fly uh, and get good credit. Or you could sell, uh, I would sell, if, I, if the market looked bearish going to the close, I'd probably sell a 4,175. Uh, I'd have to look at it, but 4,175 uh, and buy the 4,180. Uh, 85, you know, to, to limit my risk, but I'm selling that 41 call credit spread. So I'm going to sell the 4175 and let it come down to me. You could do it. You could just buy the put credit spread, you know, buy the debit spread uh, like that as well. But, you know, uh, I, I had a close friend point out uh, Pfizer into earnings next week. Looks like it could really crack down through that 200 day. Um, that, that chart's looking kind of bearish. And, and earnings are tough. Like I, I, I've, I don't like trading earnings um, and even selling put or call credit spreads like the Facebook earnings are, I mean, Facebook didn't really have a great quarter. And it, and this yeah, is what probably befuddles a lot of folks. You know, Facebook had, Facebook has a deteriorating business right now. Now, is it going to get better? Because it wasn't just a complete disaster. It rallied strong. It rallied, uh, a little bit more than the expected move, which was 26 points, um, you know, uh, Thursday, well, Thursday, Wednesday night and Thursday. And um, some people are going to say Apple, you know, had this, uh, you know, in some parts, a record quarter for asset, uh, facets of its business, and it's down 2%. And, you know, and I showed you that stat at the beginning, Amazon's making almost $900,000 a minute. How is it a bad business? And 
yeah, like a lot of this, the, the market's not here for you to have it make sense. It's, it's an, a reaction to expectations set and with earnings oftentimes by the market makers and, and, and the options that they're, they're willing to sell you at the premium price for the calls and the puts, and then by uh, the consensus of expectations. And so I would assume, too, with Apple, um, they did mention on their call, I read some of the transcripts, that um, the China lockdowns are definitely going to affect their, uh, their business. I mean, yep. It's the second biggest consumers, I think, of, Apple, uh, of iPhones in the world. Is, uh, is China. Yeah. So it, it, the reaction, so I, I find those really difficult to trade. Uh, who knows how Pfizer's going to react to whatever news they report. But trading SPX, uh, to me, is just a little bit easier uh, to do. Yeah. So, I, the individual stocks are tough because you can get jammed uh, on your short by a random news event. Uh, the, the stock could just go up. And it, it, on an index, it's like you're saying, it's a little smoother. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, with that, Don, uh, what are you looking at? Uh, we've covered it a little bit. Uh, what are you going to do on 21 over 21? I'm really curious about that. And then yeah, uh, there, take us into next week. Sure. Last Friday, 16 of the 21 got cut off. I didn't uh, rebuild the list at the time. We had just gone to cash and really I would have had a hard time coming up with 21 stocks. Uh, and I'm probably going to have a hard time coming up with 21 uh, stocks for this Friday. I've got a couple highlighted that are going to uh, replace some of the ones that fell off. But in the videos, I've been talking about ones that were on the list and are they holding their 50-day moving average? Because we we don't buy or we don't track anything that we don't consider to be a, a leader, an institutional quality stock, trades about $100 million a day in daily volume uh, so that it's liquid enough so we can get in and out of it if we need to. And um, if they, if a bunch of them hold the 50 day and some of them have until today, we're having a pretty rough down day and some that held up are now breaking the 50 day moving average. So two that did stand out to me this week, though, uh, positive reaction on earnings actually this morning, SLCA, they provide sand for fracking. Uh, they're one of the very few companies that do this. They, um, are having a, it's a very nice chart set up. They've been showing relative strength. Uh, if you can bring up a chart and show SLCA. So you can see the nice move up, pull back, held the 50 day moving average, uh, gap up on earnings, given some of that back today, obviously, but that's the type of market that we're in. But these are the type of positive reactions that don't give up the whole move that will continue to monitor. If they break down, they break down. If they form the right side of the base and the market writes itself, uh, then these will be at the top of our list for buys. Another one is LNTH. This is one of the five survivors from last week on the 21 over 21 list. And they had a nice wow. gap up on earnings too, and they're holding most of it. What do they do, Don? Uh, it's a medical device company. I think that they're into uh, their big product is uh, prostate uh, prostate diagnosis using um, sonogram and MRI. It's a combined approach to target in on uh, exactly where the tumors are, and that te that technology can can be branched out to several other types of cancers. So their medical device company, big, big surprise on their last earnings. You can see that big gap up on their last earnings, uh, some normal pullback and consolidation, but this has held up extremely well considering what the market's been doing. All right. Is it all you got? Yeah, those two. Uh, I mean, there's some others, but uh, we're going to talk about them in the 21 over 21 uh, list. Tune in for that today. Define the 21. And, uh, right now we're... Sorry, go ahead. We're sitting right on 4,200 right now as, as we speak. Big and that's a huge support crap. area. We've been, we've been, that actually stretches down to about 4,160. And if 40, if that 1% range right below 4,200 there gives way, the market's got big, big problems. Defined, um, defined Don's 20 over 21. All you do is go to revereasset.com. Tomorrow's insights. Make sure you click that little tab there if it's not already checked. And you will see Don's uh, 21 over 21 market update in that position um, uh, on the website. And so Tim, I, talk about that, uh, that sell signal that you uh, talked about in Wednesday's video. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's take a gander at it real quick. Um, 
I'll tell you what. Let's do. We'll, we'll make that the one last thing. I was going to talk dollar gold, but okay. let's make that uh, the one last thing. And then if you'd come back with limited fake Danny to take us home, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> and so let's do uh, the trade tab here. And so um, this signal, I, it's the VIX futures. And so uh, Alex mentioned the VIX. I have trouble with the VIX, um, and I and I have trouble with the VIX because. Uh, it's not that I don't look at it and the way Alex is using it uh, makes a lot of sense to me, but I'll pull it up real quick. Uh, The people's VIX or the cash VIX as I call it. uh, Most people don't, they don't define define zones. They'll just tell you uh, VIX is at 30, it's elevated, market bad. And they give you no context. Alex was giving you zones and that is extremely helpful. Like, hey, this is a zone I know the market has trouble with or or whatnot. But the VIX futures for me, um, it's not so much the number. I'm not really ever focused on price. I'm focused on the, re- the relationship of the contract and the time of the contract mm. to the, fu- the, three, the two other future contracts ahead, uh, ahead of it. So this is the May contract. It has about 12 to 14 days left on it, and it's trading at 29.50. The June contract is pricing um, above that, which is normal, uh, but the July contract and the June contract are actually inverted. And so when I did the video on Wednesday, these three contracts were inverted. And that inversion, that, that, that inversion of this type of VIX futures contract, which is uh, oftentimes the, the, the hedging mechanism that professionals, uh, doesn't mean they're great, just means that they're hedge funds, uh, maybe some pension funds, mutual funds. The, I don't know about mutual funds, but uh, big time traders with lots of equity uh, will hedge with the VIX futures. And if those types of traders are willing to pay more for a contract that has less time or duration, like this contract has 12 days left on it, but this contract has 47 days and this contract has 82 days. In theory, I said theory, this contract with 47 days left should be pricing out below this contract with 82 days left on it. You would never pay uh, uh, pound for pound, uh, you know, a Ford Focus, Ford Focus, you, if you had a rental car for seven days and a rental car for 30 days, you would expect the Ford Focus for seven days to cost less than the Ford Focus for 30 days. And it's just not the case here. And so it's just slight. It's only 10 cent difference. Uh, and it was only slight with this uh, 12, this, this shorter time frame contract here. But when you see that anomaly, when you see it on all three time frames, it really gets my attention because I've not. I've only seen it not work like once or twice since the 10 or 12 years I've been studying it. And um, when you get a signal like that, I, I, it, it gets your attention. And so what does it mean? It's easy for me to just say, well, risk is here, risk is now. When you see shorter duration contracts pricing above longer duration contracts with this hedging mechanism, it means that the traders that are heavily invested into the market are fearful for some kind of sharp drop. And they're hedging against it. And I've, se- I've seen it pull back. I've seen the markets pull back. I don't even think we're having that. Sub- you know, uh, S&Ps are down what right now, Don? Uh, 2%. They were down 2%. 2%. Yeah. And I- I'm going to tell you, it, it, feel- it doesn't feel like Alex mentioned um, the limit down type days of uh, COVID. It- this 2% doesn't feel helter-skelter. This is a easy to present. It's like a, it's, it's like a drip market. It's slow it's a, bleed. Yeah, it's a Lionel Richie easy like Sunday morning two percent, right? <laughs> it, that's what it feels like. It feels just like that. It's uh, yeah, we're gonna go down two percent, but it's not gonna really. You'll never feel it like a toad in water, right? Like you know, like they put the the frogs in the boiling water and they never supposedly. I'm not a frog. They supposedly never realize that they're being boiled alive, which sounds cruel partially one of the reasons why I don't eat frogs. A whole host of other reasons why I don't eat frogs. But that could be one of them. Like they, they, it said that they don't really feel it. Like you don't really even feel like it's 2%, but if we woke up down 5%, yeah. and then gravitated back up to minus 2%, that would feel like a win, right? And so um, this thing has just bled you. And you, it's like you don't even really notice it. Like, is there a panic? There's, this selling is not panicked selling. And I've we've all seen panic selling, and this isn't it. And so, but this yeah, there were two two panic days, one January twenty fourth, and one on February twenty fourth. They were big yep. moves down. They flushed everybody out for the 
for the moment, came back up, closed at the high of the day. Um, and many people said, oh, that's it. That's the low. They said it twice. That's capitulation. And here we are again, revisiting yep. those levels with absolutely no sign of a panic. No, this is uh, and, and selling. The, it's been it's been a, it's been just a drip, drip, drip for the most part. Going lower. Alex mentioned the short covering rallies thrown in, but uh, it's not good action. Alex mentioned the put call ratio. We watch a different put call. I watch a different one than he does, but it doesn't matter which one you watch. It matters that you have a system to use the information. And and so this to me this point eight four isn't really elevated. I mean, it's not. It was higher a couple of days ago, you know, before the drop. And so here you're just middling around the lows here, and that it feels like a rug pull coming. Uh, and if yeah. the VIX if the VIX remains um, inverted, or if it becomes more severely inverted, I would think a rug pull is coming. Forty two hundred is a huge level. The market's got to make a stand right here at forty two hundred. And so um, it, maybe it doesn't fall apart today. And so the uh, market's really good at fooling a lot of people. And so we'll see how we end up uh, at the end of the day. Um, I think that was a really good one last thing. So I'll tell you what, uh, Limited Fake Danny, if you would please uh, take us home. All right, friends, if you like what you heard, Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, go to revereasset.com, check out all of our content, and we'll see you next week on Your Money. <laughs> Barring any extrogenous event. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs>